but also you see a lot of what we would wouldn't necessarily say farm animals, but some which are. Well, I guess it is. A, oh, chicken is obviously a farm animal. Is that they're, they're allowed to roam free and they could, that chicken. Yeah, well, they could easily run away at some point, um, but they always they always stick around. They have this kind of non-verbal agreement slash connection with the owner, supposed owner of this wild animal, and they always st stick around, which I find incredibly interesting. It's for the food. For the, like the cows, they get food in the morning, and the humans get to milk the cow, take away the milk. What about the dogs, though? The dogs, well, they also get, well, they like guards, right? They're right. loyal beasts, to quote Ramsey Bolton. <laughs> Although they weren't so loyal to him in the end, were they? No, no, they bit his fucking balls off. Sansa. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned queuing culture. The term which we coined, well, which one of Nick's, Nick's friends coined was jib or be jibbed. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether that culture feeds through Nepal. It's basically the act of when you are standing in a place where anyone would expect to be served, anyone, if you're driving, would not expect to be overtaken. QN. Yeah. Yeah. Standing, minding your own business, but also understanding the fact that you are in some form of queue. Being jibbed is the process of someone else cutting ahead of you. Get, getting what they want earlier. Weaving in and inside the roads, cutting before they uh, arrive. Not arrive. Cutting in before you so that they arrive first. Or if they just call out to the person. Oh, yeah, I'll be having that. Excuse me. Am I, am I, am I invisible? I'm, I'm just standing here and doing, doing nothing. What would be the point in that? Why would I stand so close to this thing if I'm not going to want something from it? Makes no sense. And then if they don't cut in front of you, they get incredibly close. Yeah. So that it's honestly, you, if you step backwards, like it's like they're the dry humping you. It's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's very intimate. It's uh, very interesting and I don't like it. And I'm glad, <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to stop now that we are in the pool. Um, the horn culture as well here from what we've seen so far in the last day or so is very minimal compared you only to horn when you need to like for safety going around a corner yeah but I think in India it was more about you're letting someone know you're informing that you are going to try and put, push in front of them yeah push in front of them and put yourself and everyone else at risk and that they have no time at all to react. So it's, I'm going to press the horn and then I'm coming in front of you. There's no kind of response time. Um, but it also can be used as a means of, oh my God, we're stuck at a traffic light and it's still red. Let me just boom, 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 boom. It might change, you don't know. Yeah. The noise pollution is something I despise. Um, but I guess we should end on a positive. The most positive thing you you will remember from this this trip, Nick. Um, Hampy, I did like Hampy quite a lot. I can't lie, and I had one wild night and go with Char when he came over. Um, yeah, go and Hampy, I'd say. Okay. Although I really did like strangely like New Daddy when we first got there, and like just walking around like the streets and getting our first curry. Like that was, that was cool. So kind of. 
um, novice effect, like your first time being in somewhere, and yeah. uh, excitement for what's the unknown. Yeah, the great unknown. Yeah, I would say mine is from like moments of when people have interacted with with me and been intrigued in who I am, but also been really friendly about it. There's not been some sort of business trying to be done across and. Um, when you can see the genuine interest in someone who is excited that you're visiting their country, um, it really does make you feel warm inside. And that has happened on a number of occasions in India. And it's really nice to see. I think when you go through Europe, it's highly unlikely that you will feel that, that warmth of someone being interested in who you are just because um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just the Western way. Um, but it's something I would definitely take back with me and uh, hopefully there's more of that to come. Um. So my friend, what do you think? <laughs> you like tempo? <laughs> my friend, do not take a good massage dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't forget Sonu in our uh, review of India, our recap, our observations. I fear the nation. Yeah. A very interesting man to spend such a long time with. Um, which is great, exactly what you need. Um, so thank you once again to him for putting up with us. It was only a week, but it feels like it was a lifetime. You like the Deepika? <laughs> and so now we uh, turn our attention towards Nepal. Um, which we'll, Up the shots. Yeah, which is very close to our hearts, as Nick and I um, live very close to uh, Oldershot, which was... Has a very sizable influential yeah. Gurkha Nepalese community. It has also been visited by the Dalai Lama, not once, but twice. Twice! Right next to the EBB Stadium, home of Aldershot Town Football Club, where there is a Up the shot. Hindu community centre. Um, no, it's also Buddhist. No, it's Buddhist. That's why the Dalai Lama went there. Right. Okay. But it says Hindu, on, I don't know. Uh, Nepal, by the way, is like 90% Hindu and 10% Buddhist, even though I always thought it was Buddhist because of the Dalai Lama and, and all that. Bit of fact. Yeah. Um, so we're here for just over two weeks. Um, it cost us fifty dollars to get our visa because we had to get a thirty-day one, as uh, there was only a fifteen-day option, and we're not going to be there for that long. We started in Kathmandu yesterday, but we were only there for a stop-off. Not yesterday, day before yesterday. So we've had to hop around a bit uh, to get where we are now, which is where Nick. Um, uh, Gan Gandruk. Yeah, Gandruk. Gandruk. Where we start our seven-day trek, seven-slash-eight-day trek around. We go to Annapurna Base Camp, which isn't too high. It's about 4,200 meters. Um, a far cry away from the 5,000 meters that we did uh, in Peru up Rainbow Mountain. Um, so hopefully, altitude-wise, we shouldn't get too sick. Um, and the weather is much warmer here because you're getting all those southerly winds from the earth. Uh, Indian subcontinent um, but the scenery I think is going to be much more impressive because we're the rooftop of the world so yeah we're going to be able to see the Himalayas of course which is a we are in the Himalayas yeah right we now. are but we're not, we're not really we're in, the, in in the foothills yeah we are going to be up there um, which I'm really excited about unfortunately not going to be able to see Everest is that right Nick yeah yeah unless we go up to the top of Annapurna, which even then I don't think you'd be able to see it. Yeah. There's a few fa like 
yeah, there's a lot of 8,000 meter plus mountains around them. Yeah. Um, but it is avalanche season as well. So if we don't make it out in the next seven days, we're probably buried under 10 foot of snow. Hopefully someone will find these um, mics. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> uh, if not, just know that I died very peacefully. Yeah. So did Maxon. So it's a seven day trek. I will never be dying peacefully, I can't lie. Well, av avalanche is pretty peaceful. Just like suffocate. Sounds fantastic. Anyway, uh, so it's going to be the longest trek that either Nick, or, Nick and I have ever done. Um, it's, it comes to about 40 miles in total, is that right? Uh, On your commute, yeah. trekking out. Yeah. Um, an uh, incline gain of 2,000 metres, is that right? Um, no. We're, well, from where we're at 2,000 metres right now, yeah. we'll be going up to 4,000. But between here and there, we'll do like a total of 4,000 meters because we're going up and down, yeah, up and down. which is what I was going to say. But yeah. logistically speaking, it's... Yeah, 4,000 okay. meters is quite high yeah. to do in the space yeah. of a week. Nick and Actually, I, it should be fine. We, Nick and I did do a, th a three-day trek in Patagonia um, in, in a wood, woodland area called El Bolson. I can't think of the word. What? Conservation area. No, it's just, yeah, it was a national park. National park. park. Um, and that was a really enjoyable experience. Um, Very you nice. You definitely get that remoteness and uh, isolation, if, if that's something you enjoy. And peace and tranquility. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot more remote as well. It's yeah. going to be much more remote than this, I think. So we're, we're doubling up in, time, in terms of time. We're hoping to stay in little tea, tea houses. Yeah, like mountain cabins. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Um, we've taken all the money out in, in advance because there won't be any form of ATM up there. Uh, we've gotten rid of a, a, a few unnecessary items of clothing and um, electrical equipment so that our bags are relatively light. Um, but it's still going to be tough. Um, it's definitely going to be one of the hardest challenges I've faced in my life. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how, how we get on, to hear how we get on. Oh, we'll try and record a few of these whilst we're up there, but it may take a bit of a delay in time to upload them as uh, internet will be very scarce. Um, I won't be getting any Wi-Fi. Um, but nonetheless, still important to um, record the experiences and uh, hopefully Nick and I don't kill each other in the meantime. Seven days um, of tracking can be uh, very difficult for some people. He's got his speaker, I've got mine. Um, maybe some deluded conversation will come up and it will last for, for four days because you've got nothing else to do. What? In terms of when you're walking with someone, you usually have conversations that you wouldn't have in other environments. Like if you're so isolated from the world, you're gonna like just talk, just talk more waffle and random stuff. Mate, I'm going to be saving my oxygen. I ain't going to be talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Head down up that mountain. I'll, I'll yeah. save my talking for the uh, the cabins. Yeah. Let's get the tunes on. It'll be interesting to, to see what the food is like up there, if there is any food at all. You've got a lot of snacks. I haven't got that many. Um, I'm, sh I'm sure there's going to be like nice, hot, like warm yeah. stews between yeah. the cabins and some chai. Like I'm saying, it was it's a it's a well-trodden route, so there's not it's there's going to be all forms of capitalism available mm. at every stop. They said there was in the in the park there was 29 different water stops, uh, which you obviously have to pay a fee for for clean drinking water. Um, Do you have to? Yeah, it's five to ten rupees. 
ridiculous amount. That's ridiculous. That's like go get some snow and yeah. put it in your bowl. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we should also be amongst snow for the first time. We did have the opportunity in Argentina to climb a glacier, but it wasn't really appropriate or... It was just after the uh, spring fall. Yeah. It was a bit risky. But hopefully we'll be amongst the good snow. Um, I'll keep you noted on the temperatures that we're facing at the time and uh, what the living conditions are like. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I close off this uh, Hopefully we're going to see some yetis, some snow leopards. Um, oh, it's not raining again. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, leopards. hopefully, we're going to see like the Yeti from Star Wars rip Maxon's limbs apart. <laughs> Speaking of, and that brings us lovely into our final segment of uh, declaring what the answer was to last episode's uh, instalment of What's That Hum? Uh, it was in fact Nick, um, the Katina band, uh, the Moz Eisley Katina band yeah. from Star Wars. Um, we hope you enjoyed that rendition. As much as Nick did. Is it Cantina or Cantina? Cantina. Cantina. Yeah. The Cantina band from Star Wars. So congratulations to you if you were able to decipher that hum and uh, get the answer correct. Definitely for you Star Wars neeks out there. Yeah. So um, there will be in another episode of What's That Hum coming up um, soon. Not not in this installment as I've run over time for a two-parter. An incredible two-parter reviewing our... Taking a slightly unorthodox approach to our review in India. Um, Nick with some terrible insight to his thoughts on uh, certain questions which I've asked of a really strong journalistic nature. Yeah, you got to be uh, not cynical, but I guess I was kind of cynical. I'm thinking of a more flamboyant, nice word, you know, like... There's no... Nice. Critical. I'm a critical thinker. That's what I do. That's what I did for four years at uni. Critically think. I think about things like... Amongst from a broad perspective. Yeah. Well, and then I get into the nitty gritty of them and how much they frustrate us. So hopefully we've uh, assisted you in doing some of your own critical thinking throughout this uh, last half an hour or so. Um, we thank you once again for uh, tuning in for another episode. Um, and for the last time, thank you so much for listening to our thoughts about Incredible India. <laughs> 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 <laughs>